You're listening to the Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Maybe at the end of the day, we'll hear about Hoff's trip to Austin. Stay weird, Austin. I'm an Austin hipster now. Stay weird, Hoff. Yeah. 12.30 here, midday grind. My wife was just in Austin also for a bachelorette party. How about that? She left the baby with you? She did. I did a great job. Fantastic. How many Rotten Tomatoes did you give yourself? 100%? <laughs> I'd say 99. What was the budget? What was the box office? Kirkwood Pizzeria. Oh, yeah. Saturday night. Box office? When you said you didn't follow the food instructions, I'm still like... Like what, she, what she had a problem to eat. Yeah, <laughs> no. The whole thing is the timing of the of the meals, the snacks, and the naps. My wife likes to really. I'm just just a little more regimented. Yeah, than you. she likes to stick to a strict <laughs> schedule. She didn't like the fact. Do we have the guests ready to go right now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All I want to say is that she went down for a nap. Her last nap on Saturday at five. She wasn't going to wake up. She was just going to sleep the rest of the night. I had to go wake her up basically, so she wouldn't. Sleep till let's say four a.m. the next day. You know what I'm saying? Jeannie, man, you got to get up. Bradley's only down two. We've got two timeouts left. Possession arrow. Bradley started that game against Loyola. It was pretty close, like ten nine early. Very disappointed. Chuck is not wearing his Bradley letter jacket today. It is Valley Week. Arch Madness coming back in town. Mike Kern, associate commissioner with the Missouri Valley, checking in with us. Mike, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to it. Mike's always got great nuggets of knowledge, and I want to start with one that Charlie brought up. What is it? I want to make sure this is true. I do too, Mike. So I'm watching that game Saturday. Bradley Loyola. They throw up the graphic, saying, and this this really surprised me. It's very impressive that MVC teams are 10 and 0 in their last 10 first round NCAA tournament games. Correct? That's correct. Since 2012, we haven't lost in the first round, and we we've got 18 wins in that period and two Final Fours. So we've had a nice little run. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we haven't lost a first-round game since 2012. All right, now I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you remember the last Valley team that lost a first-round game in the NCAA tournament? Oh, I do. It, it was actually in 2012. We had two games in 2012. It was a Thursday game. Wichita State lost to VCU. Uh, Shockers were a five-seed, and they lost a 12-seed VCU. And then Creighton won the next day to start a streak of 10 in a row. You know what? That is a terrible match. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to hold them accountable, Chuck, years later because what they did, and I'm sure we ranted at the time, they took two mid-majors and made mm-hmm. them play each other, knowing VCU or Wichita State. Either one could win that game and make a little bit of a run. That does suck when they do that. Anyway, I'm, I guess I should be over it. It happens quite a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're used to it, too, but we're also used to playing the Power Five, so... We'll take our champion and take our chances. Uh, this weekend, Loyal is the top seed. They finished with the same record in the Valley as Drake, won the season series. They swept Drake. Was Drake, where were they picked in the preseason? Yeah, uh, Drake, Drake and Missouri State were two teams that clearly overachieved their preseason predictions. Drake was picked ninth. They became just the third, ninth place, or the second to last pick to, to win the league. And Missouri State was picked eighth, and they tied for third. So we have two teams with new coaches, and a bunch of new players that were expected not to do much, and they did a lot. And so your coach of the year is probably from Drake or from Missouri State? Um, if, if you were looking to hedge any bets, I would start with those two. Of course, the champ, the Loyola, um, 
they won one back-to-back year, so it's tough to take anything away from Porter. But you know, we'll announce that on Thursday here in St. Louis at our Coach of the Year luncheon. But those are those are our three leading candidates for sure. Mike, obviously last year, even before their run to the Final Four, Loyola had this fantastic season. And before that, you had the years where a Creighton or a Wichita was was far and away the, the team to beat and, and probably would have even gotten to the NCAA tournament without winning Arch Madness. This year, it seems like the bid is going to be, obviously, who wins this weekend coming up in St. Louis. And, I mean, is this the most wide open it's been in the last 10 years or so? It sure seems like that. Yeah, you know, I, I think you're right. I think it is kind of wide open. We have a, a team that's finished 9-9 nine and nine in the league race, tied for fifth, but they'll play on Thursday, and that's Illinois State. They were picked second in the preseason poll, and they could run through St. Louis and win all four games. They have to do four in a row, which we've never had in our league. In fact, we haven't had a team from Thursday night actually get to the championship game. So it's a tough road to get through it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's wide open. You know, we've had no no team in our history has ever lost six conference games and won a title, and we've got co-champions with 12-6 and six records. So historic in terms of its closest from top to bottom. All right, longest drought, realizing Valpo is new. Who's had the longest drought winning Arch Madness? Valpo's new, but the longest drought of winning Arch Madness, um, I want to say it's Bradley. They've been to the NCAA tournament since as an at-large, but I think Bradley has the longest drought of winning the tournament. Evansville's never won the tournament, um, but they joined after Bradley's been in the league. But uh, those are the two longest streaks, I believe. All right, Mike, how many years... MVC in St. Louis, how many years at Keel, Savas, Scottrade, Enterprise? Yeah, so we've been in St. Louis for 29 straight years. We were at the Keel Center before they renamed it Peabody Opera House, before they named it Stiefel, uh, when it was back a, a facility to play basketball in, sort of. We went to the arena for a few years, and we've, we've been at uh, Scottrade Center, Savas Center, Keel Center, uh, now the Enterprise Center, the newly renovated Enterprise Center, since 1995. So, Mike, tell us about tickets for the weekend, what to expect. Obviously, you mentioned Enterprise Center being renovated. It's great for hockey. It's great for basketball. You have the great arena. I know some of the the fan bases that really travel, like a Wichita, obviously no longer in the conference. But what should we expect uh, for the weekend attendance-wise? I think our crowds are going to be fairly good. You know, we, we curtain off the upper deck uh, at first to see what we're going to have on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but that holds about 10,000 in the lower bowl. We, we should approach that in most sessions. I think if you're a college basketball fan or if you're a fan of one of these teams, you should get there because your team could win it. Even if you're the last place team, you could put together a streak and do it. Um, so I think that the games are going to be tight. We expect a, a really well-contested tournament from um, the first tip on Thursday at 6 o'clock to the final game on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Mike, I've always wondered in the league throughout the uh, season, who draws the best? Which team has the highest attendance and it, and not just this year, but is there somebody historically that they always do best? Yeah, it, when when Wichita State and Creighton were in their league, they were the leading attendance uh, getters. Bradley historically has had top crowds. Uh, everybody kind of has taken their turn. Bradley's been in the top three most of the time. Illinois State, Missouri State. Um, Evansville with the new coach, Walter McCarty, a Kentucky basketball student athlete and former Boston Celtics assistant coach. Uh, they got excited this year, so they were either first or second in attendance. And they're the 10th seed, so they're excited about their team and the future that they ha- they have with Walter McCarty and the bunch. But um, everybody's right around that 4-5 range in terms of uh, uh, average attendance. 
And I, I saw the commissioner, Doug Elgin, last night. He was on with Rich Gould on KPLR 11, and we were just talking about the league in general. And he said, I got to tell you, he said, I didn't know Walter McCarty at all. I knew he was an Evansville native, obviously played at Kentucky, played in the league. He said, he is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And he said, and I feel really bad, but I had to suspend him because after a game, Walter, kind of new to the whole coaching gig, kind of just said, oh, the refs are terrible. Yeah, they were really bad. <laughs> Didn't know that that's not decorum. And Doug said, God, he's the nicest guy, and I actually had to bounce him for a game. Yeah, that was the first suspension we've had in, in quite a while. And then we actually had another coach kind of put his toe in the water the same night. <laughs> and we, we ended up uh, reprimanding uh, Coach Dan Muller of Illinois State. We didn't suspend him. But we had two in the same night. We hadn't had anybody in a long time. But, uh, you know, it's it's tough when you're in a tightly contested game every night as this league was this year so the the stress level certainly notched up a bit uh, for the head coaches true or false mike kern you've been stopped before at an arena and people said hey chris gervino hey chris how you doing love mizzou it's happened twice <laughs> so yeah i know chris well we, we do kind of look alike if you're not paying attention too much all right and this weekend again arch madness the automatic bid the last time you guys had two and we're not expecting it this year but how long ago was it with the two bids that would have been during the Wichita State heyday. Yeah, Wichita State heyday. We had we had two bids. Wichita State, Northern Iowa were both in the mix back in 2015 and 16. And that was the horrible loss. Remember Northern Iowa. And Rich brings it up to Doug, and Doug says, "Stop asking me about that." And and Doug says, "I think they're over it with Northern Iowa." He said, "I'm not sure. I am because I had the money spent already. They were up. <laughs> what, what were they up? It was they were up. Was it?" Who were they? Was it Texas? Who were they up? They were up 14. They, they beat Texas on a half-court shot in the first round. Uh, the game was tied, and they, they hit a half-court buzzer beater to win the game. And then they lost to Texas Tech the next uh, two days later. They were up 12 with 44 seconds left. Oh, oh I remember and, watching that. Yeah, and interestingly enough, now they have the the, the, the rule where if you're straddling your – the defender's straddling the offensive player, they that's a foul. And that whole game – there would have been four or five whistles that they, cause they were tightly bunched to the, the Northern Iowa player trying to get to the backcourt. So if the new rules were in effect, uh, Northern Iowa would have won. Wow. So they could make free throws. But, yeah, it was a, a tough loss, of course, but a great win for Texas Tech. Up 12, 44 seconds. And another commission story, Doug Elgin, last night said after that game, he's there. And he said it was really cool because Kurt Warner was there all about Northern Iowa and a chance to move on. And he said he's walking with Ben Jacobson, the longtime coach at Northern Iowa. And he said, I, he said, I walked with him to the media session. And he said, coach turned to him and said, you realize there's nothing I can say to explain what just happened. And everybody's going to say, well, <laughs> hey, coach, what happened? And there, all you can say is you saw everything I saw. I mean, there is no explaining it. But better days ahead, Valley Tournament in town. Charlie's got Bradley winning every game by 30, I think, in his mock bracket over here. Tough uh, tough road for the Braves, though, with that 4-5 game versus uh, Missouri State. They're 0-2 against them this year. you got to earn well, it. Well, yeah, interesting enough, We I did some research. We uh, four, of our, four of our predetermined matchups are all involving teams that swept the other teams throughout the season. So we've, we've had a bunch of sweeps in our, in our history of our tournament. Notably, we've had 100 and... Let me do the math here. 189 instances where a team has won the first two games. 52 times um, the team um, did not get swept. So the team that was swept during the regular season did end up winning the tournament game 52 times. It's only 28%, Charlie. But um, I, I like the Braves. They started out 0-5, finished 9-9. They were just one of four teams in our history to start off 
0-4 or worse in league play and then avoid Thursday night, and they're a 9-9, nine and nine, number five seed. So Braves are playing pretty well. And for people that didn't pay attention, Loyola started a little slow in some of the non-conference games, but they weren't healthy. Do you think now this is as close to being who they are as, as they've been all year? I think so. They, they have played at a very high level at times and they have not played as well some other times, noting their 19-12 and 12 record. Um, they've got uh, the injured player you're talking about is Lucas Williamson. He's, he's back. He played the last two or three games for them. He makes a difference. He's, he's one of their top defenders. He's their best perimeter defender. And they played much better with him. So I, I think the, the Ramblers are fully loaded and ready to go. Mike, thanks for hopping on. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Mike thanks. Kern is the Associate Commissioner of the Missouri Valley. Does a great job, media, sports information, and has been known. He have Any stat you want to rattle off about the Valley, any nuggets, Chuck, he's got it handy, including prepared stats for you and the chances of your Bradley Braves to advance. When you're watching that game, though, isn't that super impressive that the MVC, 10 straight first-round wins in the NCAA tournament? We're talking mid-major schools where I'm sure a lot of times – they're not the the higher seed in oh, that you're matchup. You're getting a lot of double-digit seeds in there, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You're facing a lot of power six teams. That would be a great follow-up. What was the average seed of those 10 wins, those 10 and 0? I'll bet you anything the average seed was like 11. Probably eight, because I know Wichita's one of them. They had a one seed. One yeah. Year. So that probably drags it I'm going to text him that. Not that he has nothing else to do, but the average seed of those 10 opening wins. He's on wins. the phone with Elgin right now. Hold on, hold on. Martin's texting. Martin, what you brought up, ticks me off, and it was about the game you were talking about with Wichita versus VCU. To me, the fun of the tournament is seeing the mid-majors go up against the Power 6 schools. Now, I understand that now you'll have some weird years where Syracuse all of a sudden is a 12 seed. I don't like when they do that. I understand, okay, you should you should set it up 1-68, to but it's also about matchups. And I think the fun of the tournament is seeing the quote-unquote Cinderella's against the Power Six schools. If if they had to kind of break a tie for the NCAA tournament, I would always hope they would pit a mid-major or a small school versus a Power Six and not defer to the 11-seed Syracuse as if they're an underdog. Right. No, one ever, no one ever looks at a Power Six school that's an 11 or 12 seed and really thinks they're an 11 or 12 seed. You know what I'm saying? I would just hope they would always err against Jim Beheim. I just think that's <laughs> a good philosophy. There was a headline the other day, ESPN.com. The headline said, will mid-majors get squeezed on Selection Sunday? Yes. Is this is this news? Breaking. Hold on. Will the mid-majors get squeezed? What about Drexel? Are you new here? You must be new here. Jimmy Beheim belongs. It is, They're 9-9 nine and nine look, in ACC. Well, that's good. <laughs> look, at, look at Indiana. Indiana, I believe, is 15-14-ish. and 14 -ish. They just beat Michigan State. They swept Michigan State. So you talk about now the quad one wins. They have a bunch of really good wins. They're like six and nine versus quad one and teams. And they lose by 15 in the tournament if they get in. I don't know about that. All I'm saying is their record doesn't look good. Their Big Ten conference record doesn't look good. They do have the brand of Indiana basketball. Mm. And I think when it comes down to a tiebreaker, if it is a Drexel or someone else versus the Indiana Hoosiers, I think sometimes the committee, it's hard not to put in 
Indiana. I think Hoff may want to reconsider because I personally think Indiana is a great team this year, and maybe oh, they a... lost to Creighton. I can't talk up Indiana. Marquette just lost to Creighton. I can't talk. Marquette up lost to Indiana earlier this year. That's a great Indiana uh, okay. squad. You don't go to sure. Bloomington and just assume you're going to win. <laughs> and correct. I'm a little down. Our squad was 12 and two in the Big East. Dreadful. Driver's seat, and now. 12 and 4. But that's all right. We don't need to talk about Marquette. It's fine. We, it's like spring statistics. I only talk about them when they're – they only matter when they're good. Right. To be fair. But don't you think all of college basketball – and I'll, I'll admit, look, I've paid a lot of attention to Mizzou and SLU in Illinois this year, but from a national perspective, I've probably, for whatever reason, paid less attention to college basketball than other years. But now I'm trying to get into it as we approach the tournament. And you just look at some of the teams at the top. Virginia as the number two team in the country – I mean, yeah. I know we look at them last year losing in the first round. They're not allowed in because of that. Okay, Gonzaga. They're not allowed back. They're banned. Duke, if Zion comes back, I just feel like nationally it's also just super wide open this year. There has to be some sort of long-term repercussion for being the first one seed to lose to a 16 seed, right? I think, the shame, lose, I think the shame that comes with it they is probably— lost by 20. It was a blowout. No, some legitimate one. Not so much like if you see a Virginia fan. Drinking a latte and they're not wearing a dicky or whatever, and talking what? about college basketball. Is that a Virginia? I didn't know there was a oh, Virginia yeah, basketball Vir- stereotype. Yeah, is oh, that Virginia right? in general. They were like, you know, they're, they're, they dress up for sporting events there. But like, it, there should be some. <laughs> Let's get look, Chris Long on. You got embarrassed in the tournament to a 16 seed. There should be a ban. You're <laughs> and just because they're really boring to watch. Aren't they scoring a little more this year though? Nah, they're still in years boring. past, I they're feel like. Boring. See, look, I I root for stories. And don't you think Virginia no. winning it all after losing last year in the first round? That's a great story. I think them losing again as a one seed would be a better story. But but teams need motivation, and I feel like what better motivation than being crapped on all season long Mm-mm. for a whole year Mm-mm. about being the first one seed to ever lose to a 16? They burned it. Enough. Everybody said they didn't want to see us <laughs> in this tournament. That's correct. Everybody said we'd only score 40 points and we'd lose. That's correct. Everyone said we're super boring and not fun to watch. Yeah, that's correct. Nothing cavalier about this squad. Listen, Virginia has done it. Great coaching. I'll stop watching the tur- tournament permanently if that's Jim Nance's call. Virginia wins the <laughs> national title. They have a style that's tough to beat. They have veteran players. They're not the one-and-done type school. It's pretty easy to beat. And, again, they're motivated after being ripped on for an entire year. That would be a great story. No. That's what I'm actually rooting for. Time so, now for the end of the day. I'm disappointed. What do you want, Duke to win their 40th championship? I'd rather watch Zion. At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this. There are a lot of teams I'd rather see make a deep run than Virginia. I'm not rooting for Virginia, but I'm not rooting against it's, it's Virginia. Like, okay, but besides Marquette, and I'd yeah. be very happy for you guys. No, I would be happy I would too. love to see Gonzaga win. <laughs> Listen, so. I'd love to see Gonzaga win. Yeah, that'd be cool. I like seeing new teams win. Yeah. There's nothing fun for me. But is Virginia new? Okay, but when's the last time they won a championship? Not too long, not long enough. Okay, but Duke. Keep it going. Duke doesn't do it for me. Kentucky, Kansas, been there, done that. Normally I'd agree with Duke, but if it does mean Zion for a whole month, that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Kansas, fine. Michigan State, fine. Virginia can go away immediately. It's very anti-Virginia. I'm kind of in my head now. I'm like, what if Virginia Tech wins? Nothing hokey about this, folks. The buzz is real. It's the Hokies, folks. Ooh, that's kind of close to a swear word there. Yeah. I said that the other day. Look. You cursed? No. It was the the Channel 11 7 p.m. sportscast 
on Friday night. The Blues game is going on. Now Justin, don't, I taped it. Don't tell me what okay, you I'm said. Okay, I'm sorry. They did lose. <laughs> Justin, no, I taped your sports game. Oh, okay. It wasn't that good. Justin Falk <laughs> scored a goal oh. for the Carolina Hurricanes. And I kind of didn't say the L. It kind of came out as more like Falk. Okay. And then right when I said it, in my head, I thought I said the F word. And it was kind of in my head the entire sports guest. You know when you do something like that? You still have to be live on TV for the next two, three minutes. And you're thinking about and everything all, else. All that right. I could think about was, man, did I just come real close to saying the F word? Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Time for sports. Did I leave the oven on? <laughs> oh, wait. That's rock. Uh, it happens. By the way, Luke Perry's highest rated movie, um, I don't recall seeing him in this, but he was in The Fifth Element with Bruce Willis, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe by the summer that's passed because – in July, he's uh, he taped a role in the new Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, also starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and uh, Margot Robbie. What a cast. Yeah. Wow. It's about uh, the film tells the story of TV actor Rick Dalton and his stunt double Cliff Booth as they try to get involved in the film industry during the time of the Manson family murders. Ooh. A lot going on there. How about this in the text line? Speaking of Luke Perry, Splashback says, Charlie, I also had... <laughs> He doesn't say girlfriend. He says friend girl. <laughs> so maybe that's just a, a female friend. They weren't friend. dating. <laughs> that's, I like he that. says, I also had a friend girl. Friend was girl was with Ben Affleck, I think. Did they tape that in Missouri? <laughs> I also had a friend girl in college that was a barrel racer. To her, the movie Eight Seconds was as good as Shawshank Redemption to me. So again, for that niche sure. of rodeo people, that's like their greatest movie ever. Okay. I'm going to put it in my, what is it, your cue? When yeah. you're going to watch something? Netflix queue. It's Netflix actually a pretty good movie. This guy okay. has... Oh, yeah. No, I'm dead serious. This guy, what's his name again? Lane something? Uh, the actual uh, rodeo uh, guy. It's Luke Perry, but uh, Lane Frost. Lane Frost yeah. had a very turbulent life, ups and downs with his wife, and all kinds of adversity away from the rodeo It doesn't appear that 8 pit. Seconds is on Netflix streaming. Hey, where did I find this at? Maybe they'll add it, though. Sometimes they add stuff based on like news. Like Anthony Bourdain's show is supposed to go off Netflix until I think that's his weird. That's, deaths, it's still on CNN like yes, on Sundays. Know, it freaks airing. me right. out. Uh, okay. You're an NFL executive. So over the weekend, the Combine in Indianapolis, uh, Lonnie Johnson Jr., Kentucky cornerback, when asked the weirdest thing he was asked to do, said the Seattle Seahawks challenged him to a staring contest. <laughs> so what, what contest are you challenging a uh, – NFL prospect uh, at the combine that you think you can win at a staring contest. Staring contest. How about thumb war? Could you win that against? Uh, Maybe against. A I punter? think I would go rocks paper scissors just to see their like ability to think on the fly. Okay. And then if you're the prospect and you don't want to go to that team, do you pick the same one every time? Like every time, just go scissor. Me like paper. <laughs> and they're like, uh, next. <laughs> this is a very smart student athlete here. Who thinks of this stuff? Here's what we'll do. We'll bring a kid in, and how about, hey, Bob, how about this? We'll stare at him. No other sport Weirdos, does this. Weirdos. They ask Emmanuel Hall about his parking tickets. Like, get, get over yourself, That's what NFL. I don't get. Like, no, a basketball team's not going to go to Zion Williams and say, hey, let's arm wrestle. See how good you are, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I think. Hey, you guys want to jump some rope? Don't you think something like <laughs> Hey, how about, hey, how about this? Tic-tac-toe uh, right now. Let's do this. Hey, get in here. We've been watching your. Uh, Career unfold. We really like you a lot, but what do you say we play some shoots and ladders, huh? Now, look, I'm not Mahjong? being specific here to Emmanuel Hall, but don't you think if a kid has problems with grades, 
or parking tickets or speeding tickets. Grades and speeding tickets different. Who cares? Parking every college kid's got parking tickets. Give me a break. This is a steering contest. <laughs> How stupid is this? I'd fire that executive. Who was it? Give me his name. <laughs> oh, there's been worse questions in years past. Didn't they ask Des Bryant if his mother, mother was, was a, a prostitute? prostitute? Yes. It was the Miami guy, Ireland, I think, and then they had to apologize yes. later. Like, oh, sorry about that. I don't know what I was thinking. We should have had a staring contest. And then, of this course, was... Miami had the assistant coach who was, what, on Snapchat doing cocaine with an escort, I believe. Nothing but we got to make sure the players right. represent what we're all about. It's so stupid. Are you serious? A staring? They should be ashamed. Oh, but the NFL has no shame. Martin's this is my new thing. This is my new thing. Wow. I am over jersey numbers. I'm now wow. focused on, not really, I'm now focused <laughs> on stupid combine tactics. That's my new thing. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, who now wears 42 because Luke 46. Gregerson. Oh, no, really? Is that 46? Gregerson wears 44. Uh, 42 is. Yeah. Yes, right. Oh, that was, wow. Whoops. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, 9-1 uh, to one odds to win the 2019 NL MVP. <sighs> where's Bryce Harper in, the in there? League. Harper is first, 4-1. to one. Nolan Arenado is second, 6-1. to one. Chris Bryant and Manny Machado are 12-1. to one. The reigning MVP, Christian Yell, is right behind them at 16-1 to one odds. Isn't it crazy He's the like only Harper Cardinal on a quick no never mind Matt Carpenter fifty to one. You know Harper was the most sought after. He was a free agent, but wouldn't you a thousand times over rather have Arenado than Bryce Harper? Mm, well, wow. defensively, well, I'm Arenado's saying the whole package. Stud. The whole yeah, package. I'm boy, saying. Harper's offense is Arenado, and it's kind of hard to pick and Colorado. choose when you use this. But his splits for his career are indicative of, of a dip outside of course, like a. A big enough to make you wonder how he'd be full time away from there, and that's that's legit right there. Some people will yeah. point to okay, but you're in the NL West with ballparks also like San Francisco and San Diego, big parks. But other players don't have as drastic of right. splits. For example, Paul Goldschmidt. Yes. Now I understand he is getting to play on the road in Coors, but legitimately, Arenado's splits are are very very. There's a huge disparity there. I like him as a Cardinal, but that is certainly worth I noting Bryce more. Yes. Uh, I mentioned real quick before we wrap up the show, I am now an Austin hipster. That's because on Saturday night we had the uh, the wedding reception, which was at this place called the Belmont in downtown Austin. It ended at about 11 o'clock. At 11.30, my cousin's husband, who is a big indie music fan, wanted to go to this place called the Continental Club which is a, a late-night concert venue in Austin, a bar. And um, we went and saw the – I wouldn't expect you guys to know this. The uh, the Quaker City Nighthawks played a set from midnight till about oh, yeah. 1.30 sure. on I Saturday like, night. I like their old stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Quaker City Nighthawks. At, so- one, at, one, at one point – and I'd never heard of them, obviously. But uh, an older woman, probably in her 60s, came up to me. Glad he said 60s. Okay. And I have to because I don't want to make you seem old. Thank you. She, like – Poked me in the shoulder, and this is, they're right in the middle of playing a song. Hey, I was listening to Five for Frank the other day, and I had a quick question for you. She goes, why are they good? Tell me why they're good. And I so, why are you here? If you don't know. Yeah, that right. not so much that, but, like, why do I need to tell you why they're good? Like, just leave. But was she doing it in a <laughs> negative way, or kind was she wanting a, to leave? Know? Like, kind of in, like, a... God. Tell me why I should stay here kind of way. But that's fair. No, it's not. Why should I have to answer to that? Okay, but maybe she had dinner and a couple drinks. She was going to leave. What am I, their manager? I hear a band's <laughs> coming on. Tell me why I should stay. They've been on. They've been playing for like an hour by the time she oh. asked me. 
All she wants is a little review. Yeah, she can give go her a Rotten Tomatoes type view. Give <laughs> uh, it 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Co- what, was, what was the box office? Yeah. Okay. What was the budget? How did you get there? Was it direct to Austin? We flew direct there. On the way back, we had to go through Houston. All right. And then there was a picture of you taking over the bar. Was that real? Oh, at one, no. At one point during the, uh, during the speeches, they stopped serving drinks. But um, Ridiculous, by the way. Well, there was a bar that was kind of hidden away. Right now, we're going to have a staring contest. <laughs> We've closed the bar. And uh, during the speeches, the bartenders kind of left the bar unattended, and I was thirsty, so I just went behind the bar and grabbed what I wanted and then left well, to pretend <laughs> to listen to the speeches. God, these Marquette guys think they can do whatever they want. Unbelievable. Uh-huh. So you would recommend Austin? Austin's a great town. You may not recommend the band specifically. But I thought you would... the band was fine, the Quaker City Nighthawks. Um, Austin's a fun town. My wife, coming back, she said, and I said, hey, what's oh, Austin? Strict. What's it like? And she said it's kind of a blend between Nashville and Seattle. You know, I've never been to Nashville, and I've been to Seattle's airport, so I can't speak on that. Yeah, you probably couldn't. That's all, that's all <laughs> you, Seattle I've To seen. be fair, <laughs> if you've never been to Nashville, you've only been to the Seattle airport, you probably can't. That was for can't. a brief layover. Uh, I cannot, but it is a very fun city. Well, she said that because you kind of have the, the honky-tonk twang a little bit, not as much as Nashville, but then you have the liberal hipster feel well, of the And Seattle. you have the tech um, kind of status there, too. Like Indeed.com is headquartered at You guys will Austin. appreciate this because they're getting an MLS team, right, yeah, Austin? I think they're in so the when St. Louis, check on that. When yeah. St. Louis has a team, uh, Bill McDermott texts in quickly. Uh, when St. Louis gets a team, we'll go down there. You'll appreciate the fact Chris Pelican, former assistant of mine at Fox 2, got a TV job in Austin. And at the time, Mizzou was still in the Big 12. And I said, oh, we'll come down on a Friday. We'll do the radio show from Austin, and yeah, then we'll go to Mizzou, it. Texas. You never did it. And we never did it. Let's do it. Probably because I was at Fast Eddie's. Martin, do you want a real quick text? Real quick. Okay, this is about the question we asked earlier about snow. Do they cancel school more these days? 314 says, I've been a teacher in STL for 26 years. I can verify that schools called off for much less snow than 25, 30 years ago. Also, the snow schedule used to be that used to start school one and a half hours later when roads might be cleared up or temperatures warmed up. That isn't used anymore. Most districts would prefer to not risk the bad press of an accident or risk legal action than to just call it off. That's from Rob from Webster. Thank you, Rob from Webster. That's the end of the day. It's the end of the show. We'll do it all again tomorrow, starting at 10 with Frank. Oh, yeah. And then 11 with Frank and Martin. And then, of course, we've got the coveted hour. So stay tuned for the hard line.